to the bitcoin podcast episode 215 i'm your first host marcello and i'm host number two d host number three dr Corey petty and today we have taylor with us again say hello taylor hello everyone taylor is waking up nice and early to join us it's nice and really early where she is d <laughs> is wake, just waking up and then it's not that early where he is but he sleeps in yeah it's pretty early no, nine o'clock is not early. Saturday. Nine o'clock is pretty damn early no, for Saturday. No, nine o'clock is not early for an adult. I like how you try to <laughs> from this burgundy, lovely burgundy sweater that Taylor is bringing to the crew this morning. Oh yeah, the one that was on the <laughs> it was on the floor on the way to my computer. And I was like, winner. Yeah, wait till you guys have a three year old. Then nine o'clock is like super late because they're gonna oh, wake your ass up. Yeah, that'll be a that'll be a teachable moment. Here's how you work the remote. Here's how you pour the cereal. Here's here's how you pour the milk. And then you wake up and your house is a disaster, and you yeah. question the why milk. You're anything going. is. See, that's so you guys got to tap into your inner old black child rearing. That my thing is broken. That's that ass. My mom, she literally <laughs> trained me early on. She said, "If you want to get in bed with me, that's fine, but you do not wake my ass up. And on the weekends, you you can get up." But you have to, you know, get your freaking videotape, put it in the VCR, get your bottle out of the fridge, enjoy that shit. Do not wake me up. <laughs> <laughs> and she tells the story all the time. So when I would like, if I woke up in the middle of the night to get in bed with them, I would go into their room or get my bottle from the fridge, go into their room. I would crawl up the foot of the bed in between them, not waking them up. I would drink my bottle and then I would just throw my bottle off the foot of the bed and go to sleep and I just would not wake them up. You remember all that there stuff? I don't remember any of this stuff, but I do know that I still like if I like have like a Gatorade bottle or something in bed with me that I'm drinking, I still throw it off the foot of the bed. That's muscle memory right there. Sure Kevin <laughs> loves that. Sure Kevin loves that. <laughs> I don't even love it. I like wake up in the morning, I'm like, why the fuck is there a Gatorade bottle on the floor? What? Where'd my Gatorade bottle go? Oh, that shit, like so Tom well, Brady in the middle of the night, son. Touchdown. What are we talking about today? Um, that's, uh, that's a good question. Before, before we get into topics, I just want to raise a imaginary toast to uh, Corey and his uh, new position in the crypto world. Yeah. All right. That's me. Yay. Congratulations. Congratulations. I now work for status.im as a security engineer. I will be in charge of making sure that their things don't break and then fixing them when they do. That's and awesome. And I hope, I hope I do a good job. 
<laughs> and so you're the one that we blame when shit goes wrong. Yeah, I'll definitely be just, I'll, they definitely hired a fall guy. <laughs> that sucks. Yeah, they should be the fall guy. They pay me money and to be a fall it. guy. And but, know that you're the fall guy, but yeah. it is awesome. Congratulations status is, is uh, that ain't, that ain't no small deal. That's I'm what you call a big deal. Yeah. I'd like, like status right. from the beginning, so. Status is a great company, but we're not going to need your job if McAfee keeps building unhackable wallets. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so did see the, I, I tweeted out a, uh, a blog post of a guy that basically reverse engineered the algorithm of how it works. And it's like, of course you can't hack it. It doesn't do anything. Like, <laughs> the, 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 there's no need for the it's hardware It's a brain device. wallet. That's it's a brain wallet. That doesn't right. store anything on the hardware device or use yeah. the hardware device for two-factor authentication, like like a hardware device is supposed to be used for. It doesn't so, do anything. Unhackable. Unhackable. It's unhackable because it's basically a brick. I mean, it doesn't really do anything. It's just as I mean, good as a paper wallet. Yeah. Um. That's like the equivalent of selling somebody plexiglass and saying, I bet you can't break this glass. And then when they do, it's like, it wasn't the glass to begin with. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Joke's on you, asshole. It was plexiglass. <laughs> it's just stupid. Uh, I don't know. That guy's a shit show. And very terrible for the space. But I don't know, Chelly, you think otherwise, right? You're a big fan of him, right? Because he likes to lay in beds of baloney. I like... Uh... <laughs> I like the uh, the Brock Pierce wear a Bahama hat everywhere. Uh, the the characters in the space they're entertaining. I don't take what they say literal, but it's entertaining. It's it's kind of like watching trashy TV. You it, know? it is it's like, like too much. Who was it? Uh, someone just said someone needs to make a like crypto reality. Jordan series. literally just said this. Yeah, yeah it was Jordan That's on Twitter, and they've been memeing so hard all night. I woke up to the funniest string of Twitter notifications. Like, but yeah, I think he's right, though. Would, people would watch it. I'd they watch they, it. they I think, think that the cool. cryptocurrency community is is batshit crazy. But careful now. I think we would watch it. <laughs> no, it, I, oh, if you had Brock Pierce and, and John McAfee and like stuck in a house together trying to buy groceries and do tasks, oh, VH1 would buy that up immediately. A heartbeat in a heartbeat. Yeah. If that's true, then I think it already exists. The crypto community is very, very out there. Um, let's just say that tens of thousands of people listen to a dog with sunglasses on every day, including myself. Yeah. So, <laughs> I don't. I think if that were going to happen, it would have already happened. We'll yeah, it's uh, the characters in this space, though. The personalities are just so next level, and it's yeah. getting like I feel like it's getting better. Like the things that there's at least once a week, there's someone who got too oh. big for their britches <laughs> said something stupid and it's just like so the drama is so good yeah my favorite was the guy from uh was it uh cardano yeah and cardano hoskinson hoskinson's hoskinson 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 he asked um someone to uh, it was metamask was it metamask yeah. metamask it was metamask to dm him and he's like, do you know who I am? 
you're asking the CEO of Hodgkinson's? No, it's not what he said. But basically, he said, he, said, he says, "Why am I? Why are you directing me to customer support? I am not just anybody. I am." Oh, you got the direct quote? No, no the direct, that's remember. not the direct quote, but that was the gist of it. He's basically, yeah. he's yeah. asked MetaMask a question about... But he kept going. And then he kept deeper. He, he got insta-meaned. Insta-meaned, yeah. and he got upset about it because apparently he feels strongly about himself. I'm taking my ball, going home. <laughs> that was that's the ball. biggest... You can't rage quit, guys, because it just... <laughs> Rage quit, like you can rage quit until you're like 15 years old and have been on the internet for like three years. Like after that point, you gotta suck that shit up. You're on the internet, grow up. Yeah, you can't break your controller. You can't threaten your friends that you're gonna take the game out of the system. And learn from yeah, Elon Musk. Yeah. I mean, it's just happened. You can't say shit, but people are are watching you on things like Twitter because you're immediately like there will be no good conclusion from it. Nope. Like if you do something stupid and then try and redeem yourself by like digging a hole deeper, it's just going to get worse because there's throngs of people waiting to make fun of you. And there's just this sense of entitlement too. Like we get these emails from people like, hey, we want the CMO of Ripple uh, to be on your show. And they feel like they're doing us a favor because they're going to bring value to our platform. And it's just like, that's not the way it works. It's the other way around. I mean, it's it's, yeah. it's a two-way street, but it's like, there's a lot of people, even even people who like don't have any follow. Do you remember that guy at the Texas Bitcoin conference that like came over and like threw his card down? Like, do you know who I am? Or like, who the fuck are you, dude? <laughs> Wait a second, that shit was baller. I actually appreciate the technique on that. Like he, he was that out, he like, was gambling. nobody. Yeah, but the the swagger. I think I was, that's what he was attracted to. He's like he I, was nobody, and he made me think he was somebody. I, I was taken aback. That card like curved out. And then sat in front of me and span at the perfect, like, and then stopped perfectly so I could read it. I was like, who is that guy? Somebody give that guy money. I do appreciate, like, good salespeople. I, because I'm not one of them, but yeah, like, it, when they do it well, it's so beautiful. Yeah. So, well, let's actually talk about a little bit of crypto. Um crypto twitter is a show in and of itself so if you're listening to this and you want to start your own podcast you're welcome uh automate some twitter shit and have a blast um but so there's no one's really talking about this and it hit me last night uh right before i fell asleep to sleep longer than i was supposed to um and that is um the lightning network kind of poses a, a pretty big threat to ethereum no no how no how? Start with that. How? Okay, so let's say it does get very large and become substantial. And the probability of getting a transaction of any size, I won't say any size, just the larger, the, the smaller transactions, right? If, if, it, if this hits, uh, I guess, crypto mainstream, that sub-Satoshi transactions are going through, and they're going through it at a very high probability, 99.99997. I say that's high. Actually, I have two more nines after the decimal. So 99.99999997. You've got sub-Satoshi transactions going through. And nothing else can compete with that transaction fee. Well, then you could start to build all these you know, smart contracts and these distributed applications. But for Brandy's sake, we'll call them lightning applications. So we'll call them LAPS. How is that not a threat to Ether? 
because you just say build smart contracting things on top of that like it's nothing. Like that's that's a feat. Like so, it's state channels. Hard to build state channels are limited in their scope of what they're capable of. You can't expand that scope once you build them because it, because they work. It's 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 not a like arbitrary complexity on top of state channels. Like what state channels and the Lightning Network does really well is pass value, pass tokens. You can't do arbitrary logic and smart contracting system then on top of that because it's limited in what it's capable of doing. It expands it how much, how fast you can do um, single like value transactions with people. And there's, there's, there's kind of uh, consequences in, in terms of that speed that you're getting. One is you're, you're locking up money, you're locking up funds in order to to use that now hopefully that it's it's somewhat fluid in how you do that and you're not limited to a single state channel so you have to constantly open and close channels but, and also that. like in terms of threading ethereum ethereum is doing the same thing there's like three or four implementations of state channels in ethereum as well one of them just just uh, launched on a test net it'll be going to mainnet probably relatively soon like, and you can also do Lightning Network compatible implementations on Ethereum to do swaps between Ethereum and Bitcoin. This isn't something that's going to compete because it's not the same thing. It's just a scaling solution that can be used across the board. But you still can't do smart contracts and state channels. Like, okay, let's go big, big what? S smart contracts, incredibly generalized smart contracts where you say like the script system of Bitcoin is smart contracting. Sure. You can do a lot of that stuff. You can't do the Turing complete smart contract system that Ethereum enables as well as have like accounts that are smart contracts that can be interacted by other smart interacted with by other smart contracts and other users like Ethereum. That's something that Bitcoin can't do. Rootstock, which is a implementation yeah. of smart contracts that's supposed to expand what script in Bitcoin is capable of doing is a side chain, which is a whole different bag of tricks. And so like, yeah, it, it expands the ability to use Bitcoin by the masses by quite a bit. It doesn't mean it makes it like more general. So no. But if you can do side chains, right? Sure. And all of the scaling solutions right now that are winning the race, the scaling solutions are off-chain solutions. And sidechain would fit under that umbrella of an off-chain solution mm, yeah kind of well i mean it it's a tangential it's touching the chain but it's off to the side they all are it's got its own action going on yeah i mean it's 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 either on chain or it isn't so and most scaling solutions are saying do things off chain and then only on chain solutions you can do are increase the efficiency and how you make transactions or increase the space in which you store transactions which is there is, no Schrodinger action in no. crypto? On-chain, off-chain, or no. both? Oh, I thought that would be deep. You shut that down too fast. I thought that would make me think. <laughs> You're hoping for it. I was looking for you to sweat a little bit. And so, like, the, like that's, I think that narrative needs to be stopped. It's not, like, this is going to break, break Ethereum or something like that. There, there are two different networks trying to do a lot of different things that have a lot of overlap too. But like, because one thing succeeds in the other, doesn't mean the other one's going to fail more often than oh, not. No, if it works, that. if it works, the other chains should be doing it too. I'm, I'm reading that um, the lightning network can be 
convoluted for Ethereum because the Solidity engine is messy and doing security on it is really, really difficult. Sure. Mm-hmm. Doesn't mean because it's impossible. They don't, they don't check safe types. Well, I think there's like a, a lot of problems with Solidity that we found over the last three years. Yeah. And I think that the answer is going to be something that's not Solidity. Um, what are they working on? They've got... LLL is the is the new one. Viper. Viper. They're all, yeah. And it's going to be basically, you know, take everything that we've learned about what not to do with Solidity and, um, you know, make it more secure, make it more... You say Viper? <sighs> yeah, it's Python. Yeah. It's based off of Python. Fuck, that's intense. What is the LLL one? It's a lower level language. It's like a, it's it's, a, it's very close to a sim, what would be considered assembly. So it looks like it looks a lot more like bytecode than the other high level languages like Solidity and Viper. And mm. so when you're when you're making a smart contract and writing in one of these languages, what you're doing is trying to do a human readable version of what you want to do. That then gets compiled down into bytecode, which isn't human readable very much. And so the closer you get to bytecode when you're making the smart contracts, the more strong you can strongly you can feel about um, the smart contract that you're writing is doing what it's supposed to do. There's less errors that can potentially happen in that compiling process of going from the smart contract you write to the bytecode that actually gets pushed into the blockchain. I think we're yeah. going to need ether cops. I, I mean, that I sounds mean... silly, but the only reason I say that is because let's the reason that Apple's the, the iPhone's so secure, right, is because it's like closed source and Apple controls all the gates for the most part. Um, you don't really read too many articles about iPhones getting hacked. You read a lot of articles about Android phones getting hacked because what is I don't know the exact number. I'm just going to say greater than 50 percent of the mobile devices are Linux, based on Linux. And it's open source as hell. So you have all sorts of, as you say, coin one of your phrases, the, the, the surface, the security surface that you have to secure is much larger yeah. for the Android phones. So if you think about a global computer, that's like an infinitely wide security surface of people trying to do all these nifty shit, all this nifty shit with smart contracts. And there's just going to have to be ether cops that just patrol the Ethereum network, looking at smart contracts and taking motherfuckers in. And they, they, they exist and they're called, they're called hackers. I mean, the, the, the thing about the smart contracts is more often than not, they store money. And we need that to, means like, that there's bounties associated with breaking them. So it's, it behooves a developer or smart contract writer to make sure that they're doing very, very good safe practices and best practices about what works and what doesn't. Otherwise, their shit isn't going to work and things are going to get stolen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's why like augers, they're they're like hacker one bug bounties. They just kept like upping that number and upping it and upping it and upping it, you know. And people were asking me, they're like, "That's a fucking huge bug bounty." And I was like, "Well, not as big as if you break it while it's on the mainnet." You know, the same thing with the DAO. You can argue that was like a whatever fifteen hundred fifty million dollar bug bounty. There's no amount of money. Like at a certain point, there's the amount of money to secure like the DAO was the amount of money that the Dow smart contract held, yeah. you know, because that's the incentive level. Um, it's, yeah. Yeah, it's uh, well, the thing I, is like, say as a hacker, 
if I have an exploit that I know works, um, I'm not going to, and, and I want to try and make money off this exploit and I'm, and I'm not ethical. I'm not going to use it on something that's worth $20. I'm not going to expose this vulnerability to the public if I don't think anyone else knows about it until there's enough money for me to justify exposing it. And so what happens mm -hmm. is that people who understand certain types of uh, vulnerabilities and, tro and troll around the blockchain for them won't use them on things that don't have money on them. So in order to, for people to incentivize hackers to actually use them, there needs to be money in these smart contracts. And so basically when you put a smart contract on the, on the Ethereum blockchain or any smart contracting system, um, it is, you know, X amount of money secure. So you try to use the best practices of people of smart contracts that have a lot of money in them because you have more guarantees that it's been, people have tried to break it. I mean, Bitcoin as a whole is whatever its market cap is secure. People are trying to break Bitcoin so they can steal all the money inside of it nonstop since its inception. Mm -hmm. And a smart contract is a microcosm of that same concept. So you just yeah. re keep reusing the things that have money in them because people have been trying to break those things. So you have more guarantees that it can't be broken, at least up to that amount of money. Yeah. What about shrinkage? Like there's got to be so many Superman 2 plans out there where people aren't like, I don't want to break the whole thing. I want to slowly bleed this bitch out. Fractions no. of fractions of a penny. So I don't go to federal pound me in the ass prison. It's I go office to like space, the office space <laughs> idea. Yeah. The office space idea. I just slowly bleed money out of the smart contract. Well, it, you can watch it happen. I mean, like if you, if you have money in these things, it, it, it also, you should be watching it to make sure that the types of transactions that are happening are the ones that should be happening. And lucky for you, the blockchain has come 100% transparent. I can get on Etherscan and see everything that's happening. I can download my own client if I don't trust Etherscan and look at all the transactions of the smart contract to make sure everything's happening the way it should. Now, it's Anybody difficult to upgrade if you find something that's not happening properly. So that's a problem. Yeah, there's a lot. I mean, that's the thing is that, like, I have faith that we'll get there. But right now, I just have such little, not faith, but I think that we're like, in, it's still in such the early days in, in terms of smart contracts and like what we can do yeah. and what we will do. Because as we've seen, it's really hard to, to secure them. It's really hard to do them right. And especially when you put a huge amount of money in them, you know, it's like that, that one little tiny mistake is is you know is really 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 detrimental yeah so we'll see what you know i think over the next few years we're gonna see the languages evolve i think that we'll also just see like the level of um people who are like familiar with this type of stuff you know because even the best developers um that are like coming into the space right now they're coming from a world where if you write a little if there's a bug in your code like it's not going to be the end of the world, you know, mm -hmm. and especially the end if of the you're company. coming. Yeah. Like if, if you're coming from like a closed source system too, um, you know, you, you, you may have bugs in your code that have existed for years and years that never affected anyone that nobody ever exploited, like whatever. And coming into the space, it's like very, it's just so 
everything is so different. And I think that's one thing that people forget about is that this space is really, really unique in the sense that um, there is a financial bounty on any any mistake you make, whether that's your, you know, like your web application or your smart contract or mm-hmm. uh, how secure your password is. Like every little thing has this like really direct ROI. Um, and it's just fucking different. It's so yeah. scary. It's a little different. And I could consider myself a paladin. We're paladins in this bitch. I, like, I can, I can get on with that. You can even get along with, you are like a paid paladin right now, officially. Yeah, I am now. And for the last <laughs> few years, we've been volunteer paladins. So it's hard out there in the streets, guys, especially the ether streets. Um, just be careful across but the board. Way, I mean, like that's I, I, go ahead. Not different, Taylor. That's awesome that you said that. Like the ROI on making little mistakes, that's bleeding into like even normal internet. Like, don't reuse the same passwords for little. You know, you go to like some random randogames.com where you like to <laughs> like you're working, but you're actually like playing Super Mario knockoffs all day at work, and you use the same password that you use for I don't know your electric bill, which happens to be a derivative of the password you use for your whatever bill. And some hacker out there just gets that. And like that becomes a small risk. But still, like that kind of mentality is intruding on, on normal life. So if anything, everyone who is so entrenched in this space, you're getting like life experience that you'll need in the future uh, on how to behave and, and, and how to, I don't know, exist on the internet and be safe and be well so yeah no it's true the difference like so the biggest difference that because i think everyone has had a point in their life where they've gotten lazy with their passwords or didn't realize or whatever (laughs) you know or you have that one password that's like your your go-to password for shit sites and then you have like your more secure password or whatever Mm -hmm. you have all these different like techniques that people i think have always used and will probably continue to use but the difference is is like you know if you if someone hacks your your account on a forum or even on facebook or even your bank like what's sort of the worst that can happen um and you know there's some things that are like really like quite bad or can be quite damaging but even if they get into your bank you know you still have like these steps that you can take to solve the problem so whether that's the bank like detecting the fraud and just like not processing it or whether that's like the fact that you can't like i know i have to go into my bank to do certain transactions even if someone got into my banking like they could i don't know i don't even know what they could do like send three hundred dollars a thousand dollars they couldn't send my entire life savings um you know and there's like all these solutions and the difference with crypto is like if they get into your account it's like that's all your money and there's not really anything you can do like you can email me <laughs> you can email <laughs> You can can complain about it. We can share the story so other people don't do the same thing. Yeah, but you can't. um, There's no, you know, there's no banker who's going to save the day and like, oh yeah, that was a fraudulent charge. Let me reverse that for you real quick. There's no, um, 
you know, there's no like, there's not even like a global or like a central party that's going to reset all the passwords. So like if there's a database breach, the first thing a traditional company does is just like reset all the passwords. You have to, you know, you have to reset it. And therefore, you know, we know these passwords have been, you know, the hackers have them, but they can't use them anymore. You know, same thing if you get like a load of private keys or, you know, a hashed private keys or whatever, you basically have to tell users to go take an action and move their funds Mm -hmm. right now. Like that's the solution. And those types of things are kind of like what's scariest for me. Like when I'm watching new people enter the space and when I'm watching bad shit happen is just how... Yeah, like you, if you put that private key somewhere, or if someone gets into your account and they get your money, there's that's it. That's the end of the line. Like your money's gone. Hmm. That fucking sucks. Luckily, though, it does suck. Like the, the, the decentralization aspect of a lot of this stuff means that someone can't hack a database and get a bunch of other people's money, hmm. right? Like so that's the, benefit, the scope yeah. is limited. So if you can take care of your own shit. Like the, 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 the chances that someone exploiting somebody else doesn't affect you. Yeah. Well, and that's why like the, so I, I was thinking about this the other day in the traditional world, we have like so many database breaches. Like that's kind of the number one hack. Mm-hmm. Like if, it, if someone wants to hack into something, it's to go grab all the data and dump it off of a server. And I was trying to figure out like why in this space, it's like these weird DNS hijackings and phishing websites and like all of that stuff. And it's because really there's no database to like hack Mm -hmm. and the data isn't the most valuable thing. It's like, Oh, Hey, if we can trick someone into clicking this Twitter giveaway link, then we make money. Cool. (laughs) We don't even need the skills to like actually hack a database. Yeah. They have a small window to do that too because society learns quick like the the nigerian prince that's a meme now in society mm-hmm. everybody's like oh oh you're talking to a nigerian prince huh <laughs> real for real is gonna give you a million bucks huh like that's just meme so that's just like these twitter hackers like they're on a they're on a clock that's ticking very fast i'm um, so flabbergasted that anyone like i mean i i get how people fall for phishing scams i get how people fall for like some of these things but mm-hmm. the the i'm giving away 10,000 ether 10,000 bitcoin if you send me one once it's like it's really literally like one of the oldest scams in the book mhm i'm more flabbergasted that twitter doesn't do anything about it that's yeah are you flabbergasted that Twitter doesn't do anything? Because their stock price reflects that they don't do a lot of things. Well, <laughs> Jack is a proponent of crypto, so I, I would think that he wouldn't want something detrimental on his platform such as that. Especially when it's now become probably uh, the most prolific uh, way to cheat people out of money right now is to try and tag on these giveaway scams at the end of every single person of influencers tweet. Mm-hmm. And it's, I, it's obvious. Like, just look at the know, username. You know that those scams have to be successful to a certain extent. Well, I think it has, has a lot to do with like how easy they are to do. Yeah. Well, I mean, so that's when we come back to like ROI. So how many hours of work does it take to implement the scam and do it and run it? How much can be automated? 
and then how much money do you gain from it? And the thing is, because it's such a cheap setup, um, and literally anyone can do it, you know, maybe you only have to get, I don't know, 10, 20, 30 bucks every day, every two days, like, you know, it depends on, you know, how much money these guys want to make. That's one problem. But like, you know, with a lot of the, a lot of these scams, you see them kind of fade out when the ROI just isn't there anymore. And these giveaways just keep fucking going strong. And it makes me think that they do have to be making money. Otherwise they wouldn't, or it's just all automated at this point, And it's essentially free for them to run it. Yeah, It's probably essentially free. Which they're making money off it. I mean, Etherscam DB shows that they've made money. If you go look at the addresses, yep. these things are associated yeah. with. Oh the yeah. Cops need to build automated centuries that fish that outfish the fishers. Mm -hmm. So when you click on the EtherCop Century, it says this was a scam, but we caught you. We got you. Got you. Don't bitch. send any ether to this, right? The other, the other, the other accounts are fake. EtherCops, if you're listening, like we need to have a board meeting. <laughs> I want to see because I'm making EtherCops. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go take. I'm looking for that domain right now. Make a T-shirt. I'm, I'm taking with a, a little badge that. that's embroidered into it. I'm an EtherCop. Let's buy the rights to RoboCop. <laughs> yeah. Let's let's go ahead and trademark EtherCop. Uh, <laughs> so, um, we wrapping. Yeah, yeah. We should we should take it. It's an available here. domain name. I'm taking that. You taking it? EtherCops.com. EtherCops.com. And let's get some theme song music to that. EtherCops. Let's get, let's make it happen. All right. Um, I can't believe that's not EtherCops.com. <laughs> Re redirected to the Bitcoin podcast.com. Taylor, your reaction right <laughs> now is the same reaction we had when we thought of the Bitcoin podcast. We were like, what? No <laughs> How does no one get this? Uh, so anyways, we're going to cut to the interview. Cello, I'll let you do your thing. Are we coming back from the interview? No, I don't have time. We can. Right, cool. Y'all can. Y'all can record without me. I'd love to come back. Uh, okay. Our guest. Isaiah Jackson is a member of the Digital Currency Council and also co-host of the podcast, The Gentleman of Crypto. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and with that, let's do it. All right, guys. We're here with another great guest on the Bitcoin podcast. We got Isaiah Jackson, a.k.a. Bitcoin Zay, a.k.a. one of the gentlemen of crypto. He's a member of the Digital Currency Council, and he's a Bitcoin trader with over half a decade of experience. That's right, baby. We're about to talk about price for the next 45 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Uh, but his podcast is something everyone can digest as it bridges the gap between cryptocurrency and the community. It's got daily uh, Bitcoin blockchain news, kind of like just the headers. But he also has international market analysis. Uh, so let's start with the basics, Isaiah. You know, introduce yourself and kind of how you're your journey came to be my friend oh yeah well uh like you stated uh i'm isaiah uh isaiah jackson and we started the gentleman of crypto about uh a year ago now we're 200 episodes in uh we just got our 2000 subscriber just had that episode uh with uh sinclair skinner i don't know if you know from bitmari uh so he was our co-host then but uh, uh the way i got into crypto um just to give some background I was doing IT uh, back in 2014, and uh, that's when I first uh, started 
you know, playing around with Bitcoin, hearing about it. And then uh, I started taking it serious uh, around 2016 when I started doing consulting. And I will say, you know, back in those days, it was it was one of those, uh, you know, Silk Road, Mount Gox was happening. It was one of those uh, experiences where you kind of had to just jump out on faith because it was <laughs> or whatever it was you, you wanted to believe in. Uh, because most people, I lived in Charlotte, which is a banking city, and nobody knew what I was talking about. So those were some great times getting into it. Stuck with it, and now um, co-founder of the KRB Digital Assets Group, and now co-host of the Gentleman of Crypto. So, yeah, you're doing work. Oh yeah, you're a Trying hashtag to. builder. What they say, <laughs> that's the new newest thing in the community. Yeah, man. Well, it's it's one of those things where uh, I never wanted to do videos, which was crazy. Uh, my co-host actually had to get me into it. And, uh, you know, 200 episodes later or 202 episodes later, just happened today. Um, it's, it's one of those things where we keep people in the community interested, which is our goal, bridging the gap and having fun with, you know, a good group of people who want to learn. And, you know, at the same time, you know, have a good time with it, because if you get too serious in the crypto market, you will end up, you know, you know, pretty lost in the sauce. I've seen some people get lost in the sauce. So we just <laughs> make sure I think I think one thing I wouldn't, mind, I wouldn't mind getting your opinion on is this, like so like. We've we've had a, quite a few podcasts on on the network. I've seen a lot of podcasts mm-hmm. live and die, and the electrician rate's pretty bad. Like you need some type of specific yeah. attitude mm-hmm. or gene that wants to like keep doing this because when you start off, oh. you suck every time, right? Go oh. listen to our first episode; it's terrible. Like, oh man, what I don't even it? want to go back. <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> what did you what have you learned on in like from mm-hmm. from start to now in terms of like. Oh, yeah. uh, how do you keep how do you keep that that like desire to keep going strong and like things mm-hmm. like that right oh yeah yeah well two biggest things i've learned going forward was one i've had to force myself to learn the tech behind it because i'm not a you know video production type person so you start to learn about different software starting how to put on different platforms so i actually enjoyed that and then the second part is the way you stick around and what made me i guess want to keep doing it is i think i'm naturally defiant I uh, kind of always do the opposite of what other people want me to do, uh, <laughs> just long term. And with Bitcoin, I feel like this was one industry where I could combine the technical side with the defiance that comes with not wanting to deal with banks and, and all that other stuff. So when I was doing the show, what kept me around was just every day making sure keep that same spirit. And I enjoyed doing it, love doing it. And most of the people that got in and got out, like you've seen plenty of them. To them, it was a money grab, uh, get rich quick or let's get famous. I don't even care. But I, ha- I hate even taking pictures, but uh, That's why I got involved. <laughs> famous, get rich, yeah. all the above. That's cello. <laughs> I figured, I figured it would be a good byproduct of it, uh, yeah. either way. But at the same time, it's just that natural defiance. I think kept me going because it's to me, it's more of a uh, going against the grain has always worked for me. Do you um? Do you guys have like a co-hosts and and guests come on as well, or is it mainly just oh, both yeah. of you guys go over? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, we've Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, let's see. The the most memorable guest, well, I would say, was our 200th show. We just had uh, Sinclair Skinner. Like I said, he he runs Bitmari, which is a wallet, um, and he does a lot of stuff in Zimbabwe. Uh, he was, I don't know what he was doing earlier that morning, but he was on a tear when he came on our show. He was, <laughs> he had, you know, a great long speech about crypto and how it can improve the economy uh, for everybody. I mean, it was great. Uh, also, we had the um, CTO from uh, BRD Wallet. That was a great one um, because with, or it used to be called Bread Wallet. 
Um, that was a good one because a lot of people we do our stuff with are new people, uh, newcomers or noobs as people call them. And uh, one of the best things we, or biggest things we want to show is easy, simple ways to get into crypto. And I think VRD Wallet did a great job of that. Came That's on awesome. and. Is there a, is there a, you said you're, you kind of appeal to new people. Is there a learning curve to making money following the charts or is there just an issue of how correct you are and covering your bases? Help, help me understand the difference between a novice and an established crypto user getting into trading oh. and how you hit that sweet spot. Oh yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, as somebody who, uh, I, I traded stocks a little bit in college, not much, but so I had that small background of, you know, what put and sell and whatever, all the other terminology you needed. And as far as trading charts, a lot of the patterns, but crypto is a lot different. So if you're new and for them to get into it, the very first thing I would always tell people is you have to learn about the technology. You have to realize that things can get hacked, things can get taken, the exchanges can get, uh, take, I mean, if you don't have security, you you might as well not even start trading because who cares if you make a million dollars if somebody can come and take it from you. So that's the first thing I always tell people, security your stuff. And then as far as trading goes, uh, keep it simple. Uh, I always see people when they get into trading, they want to find 100 indicators and then it supposedly should work for them. And then they end up, uh, you know, getting crushed because they <laughs> they they basically overthink it. Uh, I'm one of those people that believes if you're a noob and, and you're just getting into the space, focus on volume, price action, and horizontal lines. I know people have gotten rich uh, off of that. Uh, simply using that method, uh, other indicators are fine, but if you're a new person getting into the industry, focus on price action, volume, and horizontal lines. You know, a lot of times uh, I've seen some charts on Twitter. I, I was like, Jesus Christ, I, I don't even know what some of these, I mean, it's like artwork. It's not even really a graph anymore so <laughs> there's just as many like made lines as there is like 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 candlesticks yeah. oh my god tell me about it. i mean trading view is <laughs> is the king of uh, lines everywhere so it's one of those things keep it simple um and i know if you've been around a while as a as a new person uh and you haven't traded anything um that's actually a good thing some people i'll always tell them you may think to yourself hey i i know a little bit about it. let me start trading tomorrow uh, no, actually, you should have some patience and learn about the industry uh, as a whole, because there's a lot to it. There's people who have, they don't really trade, uh, you know, anything short-term or scalp. They just mine, and then they use the coins that they have and sell at a high price. But they need to know something about trading in order to know what's a high price or what's the all-time high and all that. So there's different ways to do it. But if you're new, definitely take the time, learn the industry. Um, watch other people's mistakes, uh, watch, you know, a lot of videos, of course, which you're going to pay tuition in this, but you just don't want it to be too much. So uh, definitely that and risk management. Risk management is key. That should be everybody's <clears throat> base, base level, I think. So that's a great way to put it. Paying tuition. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. <laughs> I paid my tuition. Yeah, you did. I definitely have to. D has paid some tuition. <laughs> D has paid some serious tuition on some in our road <laughs> to learn how to trade. trade. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. not even. Um, not even. Uh, I don't think there's anybody I know that hasn't. So, well, apparently, some of the traders on Twitter they're 100 oh. for 100 all day, exactly. every day. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> they got perfect entries, perfect exits. Oh they yeah, they happening. Um, yeah, of course. That's and most of them, you know, they got cartoon characters. They're not going to reveal themselves, or they backtrack and, and delete stuff. Uh, we keep it, you know, we keep it very transparent. We actually have an education group with a, a Discord group 
with TA we do in there and uh, two great guys we got doing TA and our biggest thing is it's a process. It's no, I'll give you calls and I'll give you this. You have to watch the market, find good plays and do it. And I think patience is one of the things people I think was most surprised well, about in this market. It's funny you brought that up. There, there's, I, I don't want to call him out by name, but there's this very popular trader trader who's a, he's a dog. And uh, <laughs> do you think yeah. that people that don't reveal their identities, there's some kind of uh, trust factor associated with that? Cause you did bring that uh, up. You well, think, Cause I can Google well, you. I can figure out your real name. And yeah, that kind of, yeah. that I guess that adds trust between you and the person who's like listening to you. Correct. Yeah, well, me, I know some people's goal with trading is they sit there, they trade, or they do it all day. I do a fast of things, and I'm more of a face-to-face person. Um, if if I, I go to the people, if people want to meet, because I started out as a consultant, uh, as a consultant, just riding around Charlotte in my car, meeting people at all different places to consult coffee shops, places. So as far as people see my face, hey, that's I need. I, I understand when people need to see it. Especially, uh, I will say, in uh, in my community, in the black community, they don't. A lot of the people that uh, talk about money, they don't really want to do it over the internet. You know, <laughs> they're really like, no, I need to see you if we're gonna do something about money. So that's what I was dealing with first, and then going forward, the people who have the hidden identities, I think they may operate in a space where their people are more technically proficient, and they just don't. They say they don't want to reveal their uh, identity, but I think if something goes wrong, that's kind of their out. Like you don't really know who I am. You don't you know, whatever. And I'm sort of like, Hey, I'm, I'm here. I'm in it. Uh, you can see who I am. Um, I'll be at some conferences showing up with people, but I also get, think it gives a lot of them the right to, uh, <laughs> to hide behind it, to say whatever they want on Twitter. Cause some of them are, you know, assholes. If you, of course you've seen. So, well, I mean, there's, you know, there's another side that's to it too. I mean, it's like, look at Ian Molina, yeah. right? He, he was, he was himself mm-hmm. and a lot of what he did and that gave people a yeah. lot of uh, extra like fodder to then figure out ways to, to mm-hmm. like try and hack him, right? If people don't know your yeah, true yeah. identity, then it's less mm-hmm. it's less attack service for them to try and find out where you keep your passwords, where you store your private yeah. keys, where you do all this type of stuff. So it's it's in some cases, in some cases, Absolutely. it's an extra layer of security. In most cases, Absolutely. it's just people being bitches. I'd say, but exactly, yeah, mostly that's what I say. And uh, I think with Ian Bellina, he shouldn't have been showing how much he made or how much he supposedly made. I always tell people all the time, you'll never see my Bitcoin balance ever. It's just like my bank. There's no point. Like I, I, I don't have anything to prove. Too. Yeah, I mean, I don't have anything to prove to you people. I don't know you. What are you talking about? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you can, I mean, you can look at my track record of all the tutorials and all the uh, stuff we've done. And in the Discord group, a lot of stuff we've done with TA. I mean, you can look at that and see. But I'm not about to be out here trying to uh, make Lambo uh, music videos and show you I have millions of dollars. I'm good on that, man. So, uh, yeah, how much, I, how much, uh, how much money me. do you have? <laughs> uh, enough to buy dinner. That's it. I'm good. I see your gold chain. I see it. <laughs> um, this is a gift. This is a... So, you did talk about something that I think is kind of fascinating because I'm black too. And you mentioned like finances and anything money related is like, mm-hmm. even oh, sometimes I feel like bringing it up, people look at you like, you're, yeah. you're automatically like have mal intentions and Absolutely. it's going to be malicious and just like even growing up as a kid like I, <laughs> my parents didn't show me how to write a check i learned that shit in school like whenever my yeah. pops is paying the bills i'm like what are you doing he's like grown folks shit go back go to your room like you don't yeah, get exactly. to know and i feel like in the black community it's just such a taboo topic to talk about financial anything 
And so mm-hmm. how it seems like you're doing a great job of like breaking that barrier, which has to be broken. Like just it just oh, has yeah. to be broken. There's no that I call it stupid shit. And oh, yeah. I've even you know, I've even said that in front of my parents, like it's stupid shit. Mm-hmm. You never talk to me about finances because it's kind of a big deal. So yeah. I mean, I remember coming home from school one time and thinking to myself, Y'all didn't teach me shit. Really? <laughs> it just yielded me a lot. But like um, from a financial standpoint, I think uh I think most people were so in, in my community were so bogged down with bills and just bills, 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 we gotta pay bills. They they thought they didn't have time to think about investments or anything new. And of course, Bitcoin is created in 09. So uh, basically, you have the you have the hardest part of tech combined with the hardest part of finances in a in a community where people uh, historically haven't been exposed to it as much as they should have. So you're going to have troubles there. That's why I make it a, a point to show my face. Um, I will say uh, a lot of the people I talk to, pretty much 100 percent of the people that I talk to, uh, two or three times. When I moved to, to Beverly Hills, all of a sudden it was like, oh, well, you know, you. Do you, why didn't you come back and uh, tell us about you know the thing you were telling us the, that Bitcoin stuff? And I was like, you know, I tried you know to do it, whatever. Of course, I'll do it and, and try and do what I can to help you. But I think it's one of those things that if they don't think you're rich or perceive it, then for some reason what you say doesn't doesn't go together. But in, in my experience, the richest people I know uh, dress pretty regular and drive regular cars and live a regular I life. I mean, I mean, and I, that's I, what I'm trying to do. <laughs> I feel <laughs> like, right. I feel like the crypto space is a, is a bit of a pushback between like the standard rich man persona, yeah. right? Because like, like mm-hmm. if you go to like, if you go to the early Bitcoin conferences, crypto conferences, the, the, the rich oh, folks man. walking around were the ones in hoodies and t-shirts. Right. And so oh, like oh, yeah, the people absolutely. who, the people who know this stuff end up being like young millennials who push back against that. Like I need to wear a suit and go for a nine to five scenario. Absolutely. And I think that's a, it's a, it's a nice way to kind of like mm-hmm. get rid of that stereotype of you need absolutely. to do a certain thing to be, to take, to, to, to be perceived yeah. as rich. And, yeah. and now that's, like, that's why I make I get to walk around comfortable and people will listen to me because they know like they, they look at what I've done and what I do as opposed to how I look in, in a lot of ways. Cause like, I don't, I don't, I don't dress up ever really. I pretty much look nah. like a slob and, but yeah. I, I really know what I'm talking about. And so like, I think that mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's a nice, it's kind of a nice, I don't know, consequence of this movement because yeah. so many young people are rich that they, I don't know. Yeah. I, I've been thinking that's been interesting. Have you have you experienced that in your like consulting and so on and so forth? Oh yeah, yeah. Well, uh, I, that's why I make it a point. One thing too with my show, almost every day I wear a hoodie or a t shirt, um, or just relaxed. You know, I mean, sweatpants, whatever. And um, the same thing with uh, whenever I used to meet with people and consult. Um, I had a friend that used to tell me, "It's like you're gonna have to get a suit if you're gonna be meeting with high high power people." And I, I used to always tell him, "I said, look." If I can show up in this and be comfortable and they hear what I have to say, I'll be just fine. And if they take to it, they take to it. If not, do them like Satoshi. I don't have time to explain anymore. And uh, that's what happened. A lot of times they would, they would you know, show up and they would say, oh, okay, I guess whatever he has on that. And it wouldn't matter because I would be basically, you know, explaining to them this, this uh, new technology, this new currency. And they would kind of sit back and realize I know nothing about this. I've been in finance 40 years. Some people have been in tech 20 years and they're like this 20 something year old guy just walked in and just blew my socks off and it didn't matter after a while because that would become the norm to them when they started meeting others and they're like okay a lot of these people the best the a lot of the best people 
in the space that I've seen, they, they dress like themselves. They're regular people, which is how it should be, because most of the time people dressing up, it's like they're trying to put on a front for what they're really trying to do to you, um, like bankers. I, I mean, they all wear suits, but they've been uh, fucking you over for 100 years. So um, that's a, that's usually my, my model. Well, <laughs> let me let me present a roadblock for you, because uh, Dimitri brought up like our, our parents generation. They were really taboo by finances, but yeah. damn, if they didn't have, a, you know, a 401k <laughs> and they were saying for retirement. Now, this mm-hmm. generation, f- finance isn't so taboo. But we don't have mm-hmm. shit in savings, you know what Absolutely. I mean? So yeah. how do like how Speak do we? For yourself, sir. That's a problem in itself. Yeah, Corey, you're not the everyday guy. Get out of here. <laughs> you know what I'm, uh, I'm, I'm with Corey on that. Like, uh, <laughs> your everyday millennial that is that is getting new into the crypto space, they're not rich. They didn't. Right. They didn't. They didn't bank no. off crypto in 2012, 2013. They they have a job where they're chasing passion and fulfillment in their studio mm-hmm. apartment. Mm-hmm. What, do we, what do we do with this generation? What, what, how do we oh, approach it? How do you get well, them they, into saving? Uh, well, I well, mean, it, you know, it's just like, you know, the the, the brokest generation is the most mm-hmm. outspoken about finances. It just seems backwards, at least from my observations. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, as far as this generation, how they, it's sort of the gig economy and, uh, you know, making money here, make money there and, and not saving it. I think what can actually change it is crypto because even though they may not have much money now, um, and in, in my experience, most people that I've got to crypto was the first time ever investing in anything. And for some people who have been holding for you know a few years, their first time saving anything. So it may, as a byproduct of crypto being successful over time, I think as young people move into it, for one, they'll learn about investing, they'll learn about saving. And as, if the price does go to where I think it will based on, you know, uh, the adoption rate uh, over the next two or three years, they'll be rich off of it or have enough money off of it to consider themselves successful uh, in that standpoint. So I think it's one of those self-fulfilling prophecies uh, that solves itself uh, over time, but it, it does take some time because it, it won't be overnight. Let me build on overnight that a little thing. bit. I feel, I, feel like, I feel like what this this whole space has done is create a generation, at least the the people who are heavily invested inside inside crypto has created mm-hmm. a, a a group of people that are thinking about how their money works. It's not yeah. money isn't a means to an end anymore, right? So like when you get money, you're like, where how do I use this money to make more money? Which isn't mm-hmm. a mentality that you're taught as a kid, especially from your parents, from school and anything like that. But like when you dive deep into this space, you are consistently trying to figure out where your money is sitting and how much work it's doing as it's sitting. So you're re-optimizing, re, like redistributing your portfolio, trying to buy and sell on certain types of things, which trains your brain to start thinking about, be, like it gives you the mindset of a rich person, which you don't get <laughs> anywhere else, right? And Absolutely. so like that's, that's, a, that's a powerful thing. And because it's, a, it's an inclusive technology, it, in, it, mm-hmm. it allows people who typically never had uh, scenarios in their life that allowed them to think that way to start thinking that way. And I think that's like mm-hmm. one of the best things this thing can even do. Even if crypto doesn't take off, which it's gonna, it it enables, it's teaching a whole generation of people to think smart about how they use their money. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And also, uh, the community, it builds a community of people. Um, where I think, whereas I think uh, with cryptocurrency, you have communities of people building products. And if you join that community, you actually get rewarded for it. Uh, whereas I don't know really anybody who has a job who feels like they're they're going to their job to help build the American economy. 
It's like, no, I'm going here to get paid and go do what I want. It's no sense of community or building towards anything. So this is a good change, I think, for this mm-hmm. community, for this uh, generation. Yeah, and if, if I could add, I don't think saving and investing are the same. They're very different. They're not mutually yeah. exclusive, but they are different. And mm-hmm. I guess, Cello, to answer your question, if I could say, to, if there's this generation of people, which I don't think millennials are that broke. I think media has tried to paint lots of pictures about people our age. But um, I would say if you're having trouble saving, it's because you don't consider saving as part of your monthly bills. And until you start doing that, you're never going to save money. So you've got to start to consider that as part of your bills. And if you're not making enough money to pay all of your bills, then you know what to do. Usually people pounce on that really fast. They're like, oh, I'm not making enough money. I need to get a second job. I need to sell some stuff. I need to do something. Mm-hmm. But if you don't consider saving money as part of your monthly bills, then you will never save any money. And that never leads to conversations of like, holy shit, I've got some stacks saved up over here. How can I yeah. turn those stacks into more stacks? You never get to have that conversation because you never started saving any money to begin with. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, so, I, I guess it's like Corey said, it, it, it's a mentality, I suppose. Yeah, mm-hmm. it is a mentality. You need to start yeah. treating savings like a bill. That's the mentality right there. Yeah. That's that's my free financial <laughs> advice. For Perfect financial advice. <laughs> yeah. But I, I, know, I, I read an article that says by the age of 35, you should have twice your income in savings. Um, without Bitcoin, that I, I would never be able to achieve that. Yeah. And, yeah. I've seen some shoddy stats they really send to millennials uh, or stuff that they say you should have, should, shouldn't have. And I'm just looking at it like, man, yeah. I don't know who all you're talking to, but those yeah. millennials aren't talking. <laughs> yeah, but right. even, yeah. even just thinking about it, even just thinking about it is, is an important step in the right direction. Because like, like, like D just said, most people never even get to that concept of like, should I even, how do I use this money? It's just like, I need to pay the bills. I barely pay the bills. Yep. I need to pay the bills. I barely yep. pay the bills. And so like the fact that the people who like just being a part of this thing slightly moves you away from that original mindset of like, I'm investing for mm-hmm. my future and I'm thinking about how my money's working. And absolutely, at least historically that's worked out. Yep. Absolutely. I mean, if we, if we think, you know, Bitcoin or cryptocurrency will do what we think it will change the monetary system. It'll absolutely uh, change, I think, the way money operates, because if you have a generation full of kids who learn about crypto, learn how to use it and they see how quick, easy and, you know, how useful it is. And we start having, you know, open societies or borders or open board, whatever it is, basically where people get their own little groups and you can move somewhere and start it with your own cryptocurrency. The concept of money will change. So we may not even be talking about savings or anything accounts would just say well get miners or get this and your whole community can have savings or can invest so i'm, I'm interested to see how that how that works out with this this generation coming up too because they're they're a lot of the college and high school students i've spoken to they're really adamant about getting into the space so yeah we always said that we're not we're not really educating like ourselves about Bitcoin, it's more for like our kids and, and the next yeah. generation. They're, they're the ones who are gonna like get the full benefits of it. Yeah, I gotta open down my nephew's name on it. Can't wait to give it to him when he's 18. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Me too, man. Me too. My nephew and my niece both have open dimes. I hope right, they yeah. just don't like throw them away or not figure out how they work because then 
Yeah, like I, I bought I bought a bunch of Ether cards to give out during like Christmas and stuff like that and birthdays. And I'm just hoping they're like it doesn't go the route of like most like gift cards, and it just mm-hmm. sits in a sits in a drawer forever and then it's thrown away eventually. Or I hope it sits in a drawer and it doesn't get thrown away. But like that'd be a good pickup. <laughs> if either sticks around that'd be great yeah i think so d d was giving away uh like i think he was giving away like 0.1 bitcoin back in like 2013 and then like it to everybody and then in december yeah in december though he was everybody's best friend but they didn't know how to use coinbase because they never learned so mm-hmm. d gifted all these people like a grand of magic money in their minds and yeah. And then it crashed, and now they, I don't know what they're doing. So many of my students, too, I'll tutor them and then send them Bitcoin. One of them reached out to me, though. He was like, it was very funny. He he reached out to me last year. He'd been in his third year of college by now. And he was like, I finally opened up that Circle app thing. And I was like, oh, yeah? Did you like what you saw? And he was like, yeah. <laughs> but more importantly, like, are you? And I was like, that's none of your business. I hope you're doing well in school. <laughs> I hope. <laughs> like, it, was, it, was, it was cool. So I guess yeah, let's yeah. get back to your show. How do you it's, – it's, you said it's Monday through Thursday. That's a lot Monday of content. Through Monday through Friday. Monday through Friday. So, sorry. Th- that's, a lot of, um, that's a lot of content. So how do you focus on it? I mean, there's, what, 1,600 different cryptocurrencies. There's um, – I don't know how many consensus guys are, like 10. Um, yeah it's it's the space is is huge that's that's one of the reasons why we went from just the bitcoin podcast to to offering a lot of different content because we know like we can only focus on so much between the three of us i know uh, you and the other gentlemen of crypto can only focus on so much between the two of you so how do you drill down on and and know what to focus on and discuss in your show Mm -hmm. Um, behind the scenes i guess Oh yeah. Well, since it's daily, uh, we usually pull from a bunch of news sources, uh, the daily crypto news, as well as general market news um, mm-hmm. that will affect the crypto market. So uh, between me and, and King, we do a good amount of research. Uh, we also have people that do research for us. Uh, one of the benefits of, of, you know, providing the community with plenty of information is, you know, we have people that send us stuff a lot of times. Uh, <laughs> and, you know, most of the time we're on it, but the fact that you know a lot of people want to see us do well and want to see us you know give the news in a in a good fashion they 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 also help as well so uh most of the brunt we do it and then uh keeping up we use pretty much all of the crypto sites available for news as well as outside ones like bloomberg and some of the other ones but uh i guess i guess the way we is the commentary made on it because most anybody can sit there and read what they you know push out to you um anybody can read a headline and say well this is bad this is happening and that's what i think most new people get caught up in or people that are in the space they get caught up in the headline or i heard oh i heard this i heard that i heard such and such got hacked and the way we present it i believe is what puts us over the edge because we tell them the real we're like oh that's fake though they're lying um we all we have segments like <laughs> dinosaur of the day uh <laughs> like one of our segments dinosaur of the day we literally call out old uh, crony uh, bankers and people who come out and just spread foot about Bitcoin. Warren Buffett's been one. Um, we did, I think I had one today from the World Bank, Joseph Stiglitz. It's a lot of guys who are great in the field that they were in, but we can tell that it's mostly PR, which is where King comes in. He did PR for the Navy. He knows what 
<laughs> he knows that they have a script. So we could pretty much see through the lines. And I think that's what keeps people coming back because they don't want to hear fluffy stuff and, you know, pie in the sky. We give it, you know, exactly how it should be. The market's tanking or market's going up. Like, you should, this is what should happen. Um, and I think that's that's what keeps it going or have kept it going this long. Good deal. So um, do you you have any shameless plugs you want to make? <laughs> uh, Besides well, the entire interview has been a plug. <laughs> no, but anything you want to throw out there that you're working uh, on? Well, or, uh... Absolutely. The, uh, the general crypto, I, I will say, it is on YouTube, uh, Twitch, and DLive. Uh, it's on there. Uh, as well as we have uh, our website, www.krbcrypto.com, uh, where you can visit um, and you actually join the education group there. Um, and I do want to discuss the education group a little bit more in depth. Uh, what we do basically is uh, we have uh, two newsletters we put out a month. Um, those newsletters include, you know, business spotlight, uh, feature tutorial, uh, cryptos to watch, as well as the developers corner. So we do that biweekly, as well as we put out two tutorials a week. We do one live monthly conference. Uh, we have the Discord TA group. Uh, we have a merchandise discount for some of our t-shirts. I have to send some to you guys. We actually have a BitConnect t-shirt, which is going crazy right now. Yes. Everybody loves it. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> the, the BitConnect guy. But uh, that's what we do in our education group, actually helping people along the way, not just you know putting stuff out randomly. We help them day by day answer questions. So um, that is our education group you'll find on krbecrypto.com. Good deal. Large group, small group, medium size. Uh, I, I would say medium size for crypto space, not large because it's not in the tens of thousands. But we we have a good good few thousand uh, between subscribers, people in the group, and uh, and people online that follow us. So, pretty good group, especially with uh, I'm sorry, my Twitter at Bitcoin Z as well. So, uh, a lot of people in there as well. You've come a long way uh, from three years ago at that conference when that guy asked you, "Are you sure you're? Are you supposed to be here?" Oh, I, man. Heard that, I, I heard that <laughs> I story. Heard the, the, the yeah, pod. yeah, oh, yeah. You've come a long way, man. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, I know. And it's it's still, uh, you know, a good ways to go. But it's I, I, the journey is the most fun part. I love it. Well, uh, last question. And this is the question. If you've heard our show, this is the question we ask everybody. Um, in 10 words or less, can you describe Bitcoin? I can try. Uh, <laughs> Bitcoin is... Freedom disguised as a money-making scheme. That's pretty good. I like yeah. that one. I'm pretty happy with That's that. That's seven, and it's like way more original than we typically get. <laughs> so yeah, that's what I see it as. That's freedom disguised as a money-making scheme. I am very I like pleased that. with that answer. Any answer that doesn't centralize is a win. That's pretty much all I've. Yeah. It, just, it just shows that you've done a lot of thought, right? I mean, like you've experienced it, yeah. you understand that, that that kind of the community and what it actually is. It's, it's a it's a it's a great answer. Oh yeah, yeah, and I'm writing a book, so it's I'm in a creative space. <laughs> <laughs> well, good luck with all your endeavors. Um, keep putting up a good show, and um, everybody, you heard where to find it. So thank you, Isaiah, for stopping by. We really appreciate it. Hey, thank you guys, man. we're back so we hope you enjoyed the interview with isaiah or also known as at bitcoin Zay, one of the gentlemen of crypto uh doing daily what monday through thursday podcasts so yeah, he's got um, more episodes than us 
Yeah, they started in the middle of last year, and they have more episodes than us already. So, um, but the daily, the idea of the daily podcast is not as bad thing because podcasts are actually usurping radio. So, I mean, it's just gonna be the next transition of thing. Like, what did Rocky say? Uh, that the changes but the clothes. Podcasts are new radio for young people. Um, yeah. so that was a great Rocky impression, by the way. I'm surprised you guys didn't. A little racist, but yeah, it was good. Hey. How's that racist? How's it I'm racist to imitate? I'm just joking. Oh, okay. Just joking. Got me on edge, problem. man. It's 2018. You call out racism. I got <laughs> to get I always, on I always edge. thought Rocky was a caricature of Italian. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Well, kind of. You know. Weedos. He hey. wasn't out like, hey, Adrian, did you, did you get the sausage ready? Did you, hey, where's the cilantro, Adrian? He wasn't saying that kind of stuff. Taylor, are you so glad you woke up for this? I'm so glad I woke up for this. <laughs> this is how we run. This is how we run the show. Okay, um, what did we do? We got security. I learned some stuff about MMA and UFC and stuff. And then, and then we did porn. And we're now we're doing Rocky. Yeah, we're a well-rounded we, group. Yeah, we we have fun with it. The interview is more crypto centric. So, actually, do you want to dive just a little deep? A little deep. And that is, I find it, ever since I started the show, Just the Headers, that talks about the headlines in crypto and the, just the mainstream avenues, it is just overwhelming regulation this, regulation that, this country says this, this country says that. And that is, that is like an antithesis of everything in this space, right? We used to not give a shit about regulations. We used to not care what country said. Like, I think there was even a tweet by, um, uh, was it Lombrazo, Eric Lombrazo? I hope he's getting his name right. And he said, you know, big, it, I miss the days of Bitcoin when we gave a shit what any government cared or what any country cared about. And we just built this awesome tech and we loved it because we knew it was going to be unstoppable. But it does look like these new adoption waves are forcing this. And, and now I find people like myself are sitting in this paradox where it's like, do I care about regulation? Or do I not care about regulation? Or do I care what this country thinks? Or do I not care? And the mainstream media leads me to believe like that's what's getting all their clicks, right? So they just keep writing about it. The coin desks, the coin telegraphs. And so I guess the little thinking uh, exerciser's question is, are like crypto enthusiasts sitting in this paradoxical zone where we both do and don't care about regulations because we know that could be the kibosh on everything. It's po- it possibly could be. I think if the U.S. banned Bitcoin, Bitcoin would just go up in value astronomically. But I don't know. I I know I'm a little torn. I don't know about you guys, but it's a good question. I think it's a really good question because it is. If you want to get back to your you know, to the roots of it, yeah, like, fuck what the government say, fuck what <laughs> yeah, the regulars I mean, say, fuck what, you know, fuck, like, it's that, it's the crypto anarchism, it's like the heart and soul of, of old school crypto, but now it is like, yeah, um, I think we've seen a shift in demographic a bit and a shift in thinking where I think part of it is like this idea that maybe regulation isn't bad or like maybe all regulation isn't bad. Um, like I think one reason that EOS was even able to like kind of get its foot in the door was because so many people have kind of like lost money and they were like, we'll, 
we'll just freeze the funds if they get stolen. And everyone was like, yeah. Like, imagine, like, uh, just imagine that happening in, like, 2013, 2014. Like, the Bitcoin community would, like, literally laugh you out the door. Mm-hmm. So I think it does. I think it's. I think it's a shift in demographic. I think it's a shift in, you know, it's kind of like this concept of growing up or something. But I do think that like we should be mindful of. Do we actually care about this? You know, do we yeah. actually want this? I because don't know. it's a slippery slope, right? If we if we start worrying about regulations too much and it starts to be the process, then all of a sudden a natural decentralization is going to occur where where these bureaucratic entities now have more control than they needed to in a system that doesn't necessarily need that the gamification is set up so that the governance should take place by itself that's kind of the beauty of bitcoin is nobody wants to like no miner wants to be that asshole that gets 51 percent of the network because then nobody's money is any good Right. So they're always like, mm, I'm getting danger close. Let me go mine some other token real quick or let me, you know, let me switch to a different mining farm or, or something like that. And so I just think it's very interesting that all of a sudden this new demo is just, you know, we, we need the blessing from Uncle Sam or we need the blessing from Uncle Cheshire <laughs> from the UK. <laughs> I'm sorry if you're if you're listening from the UK, but Cheshire seems like a very british name i couldn't think of anything else <laughs> nigel Ni- gonna... nigel yeah. uncle nigel <laughs> somebody has an uncle nigel i'm sorry i'm sorry if you have an uncle nigel i'm sorry i completely lost my train of thought i just think I, it's very... yeah, i was gonna say something and it's completely gone now <laughs> and now i'm thinking uncle of like Cheshire. the wild thornberries uh Anyways, um, oh my god, shit. Should we wrap wrap it up? Uh, yeah, let's let's wrap yeah. it up. Taylor, I'll let you take the floor last, so because uh, you're the guest and you can plug all of the things uh, that your wonderful wonderful company is doing or in development. You could just oh, well, not stealth mode stuff, but I'll leave uh, this last. So, um, thank you guys for uh, listening to another episode. For those of you that did watch the roundtable behind the scenes action live then you see how weird it gets at our round tables and you see we we leave no topic unturned we talk about all things uh we like to enjoy ourselves um so yeah we're gonna start streaming these round tables uh uh live via youtube and we'll post the links in other places facebook on the twitter um so you know when it's happening uh, um what else do we do so if you go to the bitcoin podcast dot network you'll get to our website You'll see all of our litany of podcasts that go out in a week. You will see uh, lots of things. Uh, we hope that you join the Slack. Uh, we got almost, we're, we're approaching, what, 550 members. There's 60 members a day in there lurking. We know you're lurking. Like, if we say something that's a hot topic, people just pop out of the woodworks. Like, I got something to say about that. Like, talk more. We know you're in there. I get the stats. I know you're there. Uh, so, um, what else do we do? Oh, on medium.com slash the Bitcoin podcast, you can see our blog. We have one contributor right now who's going ahead, you know, all systems go. Mr. Tompkins, I got your name right this week. 
Thank you, John Tompkins. We appreciate you. Uh, if I got it wrong again, you have for me. I will buy you a flight to slap me. You can fly to me, and you can slap me. Um, what else did we do, Cello? Uh, that's just about it, I think. But I do want to invite anyone who's interested in working with Taylor to shoot them an email at jobs at mycrypto.com. They're looking for front-end developers, mobile lead developers, product managers, QA engineers, the whole litany yeah. of positions. Everything, everyone. Um, if you're smart, I want you. <laughs> cool. Cool. Um, yep. Yep, that's it. Um, Taylor, the floor <laughs> is yours. Um, yeah, no, thanks guys for having me. I'm Taylor from MyCrypto, uh, mycrypto.com. We just launched the desktop apps, which are awesome and way safer, so use those. You can download them at download.mycrypto.com. And then, yeah, again, we're always hiring, so um, I think about.mycrypto.com is where you can see the job postings. Um, or just shoot an email and pitch yourself at jobs at mycrypto.com and we'll get back to you at some point soon when I read the emails in the inbox. <laughs> you heard it there from the source. Um, so shout out to you, Carrie Hilson, Zoe Zaldania, and Zazie Beats. Uh, play the outro. <laughs>